Chapter One of Plunkett of Tammany Hall, a series of very plain talks on very practical politics. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mike Vendetti. Plunkett of Tammany Hall, a series of very plain talks on very practical politics by George Washington Plunkett. Chapter One Honest Graft and Dishonest Graft. Everybody is talking these days about Tammany men growing rich on graft but nobody thinks of drawing the distinction between honest graft and dishonest graft. There's all the difference in the world between the two. Yes, many of our men have grown rich in politics. I have myself. I've made a big fortune out of the game, and I'm getting richer every day. But I've not gone in for the dishonest graft, blackmailing gamblers, saloon keepers, disorderly people, etc., and neither has any of the men who have made big fortunes in politics. There's an honest graft, and I'm an example of how it works. I might sum up the whole thing by saying, I seen my opportunities, and I took em. Just let me explain by examples. My party's in power in the city, and it's going to undertake a lot of public improvements. Well, I'm tipped off, say, that they're going to lay out a new park at a certain place. I see my opportunity, and I take it. I go to that place, and I buy up all the land I can in the neighborhood. Then the board of this or that makes its plan public, and there is a rush to get my land, which nobody cared particular for before. Ain't it perfectly honest to charge a good price and make a profit on my investment and foresight? Of course it is. Well, that's honest graft. Or supposing it's a new bridge they're going to build. I get tipped off and I buy as much property as I can that has to be taken for approaches. I sell at my own price later on and drop some more money in the bank. Wouldn't you? It's just like looking ahead in Wall Street or in the coffee or cotton market. It's honest graft, and I'm looking for it every day in the year. I will tell you frankly that I've got a good lot of it, too. I'll tell you of one case. They were going to fix up a big park, no matter where. I got on to it and went looking about for land in that neighborhood. I could get nothing at a bargain but a big piece of swamp, but I took it fast enough and held on to it. That turned out was just what I counted on. They couldn't make the park complete without Plunkett's swamp, and they had to pay a good price for it. Anything dishonest in that? Up in the watershed, I made some money, too. Bought up several bits of land there some years ago and made a pretty good guess that they would be bought up for water purposes later by the city. Somehow I always guessed about right. And shouldn't I enjoy the profit of my foresight? It was rather amusing when the condemnation commissioners came along and found piece after piece of the land in the name of George Plunkett of the 15th Assembly District, New York City. They wondered how I knew just what to buy. The answer is, I seen my opportunity, and I took it. I haven't confined myself to land. Anything that pays is in my line. For instance, the city is repaving a street and has several hundred thousand old granite blocks to sell. I am on hand to buy, and I know just what they are worth. Well, never mind that. I had a sort of monopoly of this business for a while. But once a newspaper tried to do me, they got some outside men to come over from Brooklyn and New Jersey to bid against me. Was I done? Not much. I went to each of the men and said, 
How many of these two hundred and fifty thousand stories do you want? One said twenty thousand, and another wanted fifteen thousand, other wanted ten thousand. I said, All right, let me bid for the lot, and I'll give each of you all you want for nothing. They agreed, of course. Then the auctioneer yelled, How much am I bid for these two hundred and fifty thousand fine paving stones? Two dollars and fifty cents, says I. Two dollars and fifty cents, screamed the auctioneer. Oh, that's a joke. Give me a real bid. I found the bid was real enough. My rival stood silent. I got the lot for two dollars and fifty cents and gave them their share. That's how the attempt to do Plunkett ended, and that's how all such attempts end. I've told you how I got rich by honest graft. Now, let me tell you that most politicians who are accused of robbing the city get rich the same way. They don't steal a dollar from the city treasury. They just seen their opportunities and took them. That is why, when a reform administration comes in and spends half a million dollars trying to find the public robberies they talked about in the campaign, they don't find them. The books are always all right. The money in the city treasury is all right. Everything is all right. All they can show you is that the Tammany heads of departments looked after their friends within the law and gave them what opportunities they could to make honest graft. Now, let me tell you, that's never going to hurt Tammany with the people. Every good man looks after his friends, and any man who doesn't isn't likely to be popular. If I have a good thing to hand out in private life, I give it to a friend. Why shouldn't I do the same in public life? Another kind of honest graft. Tammany has raised a good many salaries. There was an awful howl by the reformers. But don't you know that Tammany gains ten votes for every one it lost by salary raising? The Wall Street banker thinks it's shameful to raise a department clerk's salary from 1500 to 1800 a year. But every man who draws a salary himself says, That's all right. I wish it was me and he feels very much like voting the Tammany ticket on election day, just out of sympathy. Tammany was beat in 1901 because the people were deceived into believing that it worked dishonest graft. They didn't draw a distinction between dishonest and honest graft, but they saw that some Tammany men grew rich and supposed they had been robbing the city treasury or levying blackmail on disorderly houses or working in with the gamblers and lawbreakers. And as a matter of policy, if nothing else, why should Tammany leaders go into such dirty business when there is so much honest graft laying around when they are in power? Did you ever consider that? Now, in conclusion, I want to say that I don't own a dishonest dollar. If my worst enemy was given the job of writing my epitaph when I'm gone, he couldn't do more than write. George W. Plunkett. He's seen his opportunities, and he took them. End of chapter 1